0: modern world history patterns of interaction chapter 9 section 1 the beginnings of industrialization setting the stage in the united states france and latin america political revolutions brought in new governments a different type of revolution now transformed the way people worked The Industrial Revolution refers to the greatly increased output of machine-made goods that began in England in the middle 1700s. Before the Industrial Revolution, people wove textiles by hand. Then, machines began to do this and other jobs. Soon the Industrial Revolution spread from England to continental Europe and North America. Industrial Revolution begins in Britain. In 1700, small farms covered England's landscape. Wealthy landowners, however, began buying up much of the land that the village farmers had once worked. The large landowners dramatically improved farming methods. These innovations amounted to an agricultural revolution. The agricultural revolution paves the way. After buying up the land of village farmers, wealthy landowners enclosed their lands with fences or hedges. The increase in their land holdings enabled them to cultivate larger fields. Within these larger fields, called enclosures, Landowners experimented with more productive seeding and harvesting methods to boost crop yields. The enclosure movement had two important results. First, landowners tried new agricultural methods. Second, large landowners forced small farmers to become tenant farmers or to give up farming and move to the cities. Jethro Toll was one of the first of these scientific farmers. He saw the usual way of sowing seeds by scattering it across the ground was wasteful. Many seeds failed to take root. He solved this problem with an invention called the seed drill in about 1701. It allowed farmers to sow seeds in well-spaced roads at specific depths. The large share of the seeds took root, boosting crop yields. Rotating Crops The process of crop rotation proved to be one of the best developments by the scientific farmers. The process improved upon older methods of crop rotation, such as the medieval three-field system. One year, for example, a farmer might plant a field with wheat, which exhausted soil nutrients. The next year, he planted a root crop, such as turnips, to restore nutrients. This might be followed in turn by barley and then clover. Livestock breeders improved their methods, too. In the 1700s, for example, Robert Bakewell increased his mutton, sheep meat, output by allowing only his best sheep to breed. Other farmers followed Bakewell's lead. Between 1700 and 1786, the average weight of lambs climbed from 18 to 50 pounds. As food supplies increased and living conditions improved, England's population mushroomed. An increasing population boosted the demand for food and goods such as cloth. As farmers lost their land to large enclosed farms, many became factory workers. Why the Industrial Revolution Began in England In addition to a large population of workers, The small island country had extensive natural resources. Industrialization, which is the process of developing machine production of goods, required such resources. These natural resources included water power and coal to fuel the new machines, iron ore to construct machines, tools, and buildings, rivers for inland transportation, harbors from which merchant ships set sail. In addition to its natural resources, Britain had an expanding economy to support industrialization, Business people invested in the manufacture of new inventions. Britain's highly developed banking system also contributed to the country's industrialization. People were encouraged by the availability of bank loans to invest in new machinery and expand their operations. Growing overseas trade, economic prosperity, and a climate of progress led to the increased demand for goods. Britain's political stability gave the country a tremendous advantage over its neighbors. Though Britain took part in many wars during the 1700s, none occurred on British soil. Their military successes gave the British a positive attitude. Parliament also passed laws to help encourage and protect business ventures. Other countries had some of these advantages, but Britain had all of the factors of production, the resources needed to produce goods and services that the Industrial Revolution required. They included land, labor, and capital, or wealth. Inventions spur industrialization. In an explosion of creativity, inventions now revolutionized industry. Britain's textile industry clothed the world in wool, linen, and cotton. This industry was the first to be transformed. Cloth merchants boosted their profits by speeding up the process by which spinners and weavers made cloth. Changes in the textile industry. As you will learn in the feature on textile technology on page 285, By 1800, several major inventions had modernized the cotton industry. One invention led to another. In 1733, a mechanist named John Kay made a shuttle that sped back and forth on wheels. This flying shuttle, a boat-shaped piece of wood to which yarn was attached, doubled the work a weaver could do in a day. Because spinners could not keep up with these speedy weavers, a cash prize attracted contestants to produce a better spinning machine. Around 1764, a textile worker named James Hargreaves invented a spinning wheel he named after his daughter. His spinning jenny allowed one worker to work eight threads at a time. At first, textile workers operated the flying shuttle and the spinning jenny by hand. Then, Richard Arkwright invented a water frame in 1769. This machine used water power from rapid streams to drive spinning wheels. In 1779, Samuel Crompton combined features of the spinning jenny and the water frame to produce the spinning mule. The spinning mule made thread that was stronger, finer, and more consistent than earlier spinning machines. Run by water power, Edmund Edmund Cartwright's power loom sped up weaving after its invention in 1787. The water frame, the spinning mule, and the power loom were bulky and expensive machines. They took the work of spinning and weaving out of the house. Wealthy textile merchants set up machines in large buildings called factories. Factories needed water power, so the first ones were built near rivers and streams. Quote, A great number of streams furnish water power adequate to turn many hundred mills. They afford the element of water indispensable for scurrying, bleaching, printing, dyeing, and other processes of manufacture. And when collected in their larger channels or employed to feed canals, they supply superior inland navigation so important for the transit of raw materials and merchandise." End quote. Edward Baines, The History of Cotton Manufacture in Great Britain England's cotton came from plantations in the American South in the 1790s. Removing seeds from raw cotton by hand was hard work. In 1793, an American inventor named Eli Whitney invented a machine to speed the chore. His cotton gin multiplied the amount of cotton that could be cleaned. American cotton production skyrocketed from 1.5 million pounds in 1790 to 85 million pounds in 1810. Improvements in Transportation Progress in the textile industry spurred other industrial improvements. The first such development, the steam engine, stemmed from the search for a cheap, convenient source of power. As early as 1705, coal miners were using steam-powered pumps to remove water from deep mine shafts. But this early model of steam engine gobbled great quantities of fuel making it expensive to run watt's steam engine james watt a mathematical instrument maker at the university of glasgow in scotland thought about the problem for two years in 1765 watt figured out a way to make the steam engine work faster and more efficient while burning less fuel in 1774 watt joined with a businessman named matthew bolton bolton was an entrepreneur a person who organizes, manages, and takes on the risk of a business. He paid Watt a salary and encouraged him to build better engines. Water Transportation Steam could also propel boats. An American inventor named Robert Fulton ordered a steam engine from Bolton and Watt. He built a steamboat called the Claremont, which made its first successful trip in 1807. The Claremont later ferried passengers up and down New York's Hudson River. In England, water transportation improved with the creation of a network of canals or human-made waterways. By the mid-1800s, 4,250 miles of inland canals slashed the cost of transporting both raw materials and finished goods. Road Transportation British roads improved too, thanks largely to the efforts of John McAdam, a Scottish engineer. Working in the early 1800s, McAdam equipped road beds with a layer of large stones for drainage. On top, he placed a carefully smooth layer of crushed rock. Even in rainy weather, heavy wagons could travel over the new macadam roads without sinking in the mud. Private investors formed companies that built roads and then operated them for profit. People called the new roads turnpikes because travelers had to stop at tolls, toll gates or turnstiles or turnpikes, to pay tolls before traveling further. The Railway Age Begins Steam-driven machinery powered English factories in the late 1700s. A steam engine on wheels, the railroad locomotive, drove English industry after 1820. Steam-driven locomotives In 1804, an English engineer named Richard Trevithick won a bet of several thousand dollars. He did this by hauling 10 tons of iron over nearly 10 miles of track in a steam-driven locomotive. Other British engineers soon built improved versions of Trevithick's locomotive. One of these early railroad engineers was George Stevenson. He had gained a solid reputation by building some 20 engines for mine operators in northern England. In 1821, Stevenson began work on the world's first railroad line. It was to run 27 miles from the Yorkshire coalfields fields to the port of Stockton in the North Sea, on the North Sea. In 1825, the railroad opened. It used four locomotives that Stevenson had designed and built the Liverpool-Manchester Railroad. News of this success quickly spread throughout Britain. The entrepreneurs of northern England wanted a railroad line to connect the port of Liverpool with the inland city of Manchester. The track was laid. In 1829, trials were held to choose the best locomotive for use on the new line. Five engines entered the competition. None could compare with the rocket designed by Stevenson and his son. Smoke poured from the rocket's tall smokestack, and its two pistons pumped to and fro as they drove the front wheels. The locomotive hauled a 13-ton load at an unheard-of speed of more than 24 miles per hour. The Liverpool-Manchester Railway opened officially in 1830. It was an immediate success. Railroads revolutionized life in Britain. The invention and perfection of the locomotive had at least four major effects. First, railroads spurred industrial growth by giving manufacturers a cheap way to transport materials and finished products. Second, the railroad boom created hundreds of thousands of new jobs for both railroad workers and miners. These miners provided iron for the tracks and coal for the steam engines. Third, the railroads boosted England's agricultural and fishing industries, which could transport their products to distant cities. Finally, By making travel easier, railroads encouraged country people to take distant city jobs. Also, railroads lured city dwellers to resorts in the countryside. Like a locomotive racing across the country, the Industrial Revolution brought rapid and unsettling changes to people's lives.